Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Vaughn, and I am your host of a Pen and a Napkin podcast, a weekly coaching clinic you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome back to our interview series. I believe this is episode 212 or 230. I don't know. I'm, I'm getting too seasoned and experienced. I, I got to start keeping track of these better. I think this is 212. Uh, Latheon Brown, head girls basketball coach at Centura High School in uh, Centura, Cairo Centura. Uh, just north northwest of Grand Island, right, Latheon? Uh, yes, a little northwest, about 20 miles. So. Okay, trying to think uh, how we drove out there last year or a couple of years ago at the holiday tournament. So Yes. Uh, but, uh, no, excited to have Latheon here this morning. Really appreciate his time. His time is very precious right now because his team is getting ready for another run at a state championship here, uh, defending state champions here in one of our classes in the state of Nebraska, and uh, heading down to Lincoln again this week uh, after a big overtime victory in their district championship. What's what we call district championship here in Nebraska. If you're in Iowa, you call it sub-state, whatever. The game before the state tournament, they had an exciting W there, so... Uh, but before we get to Coach Brown, we, of course, want to thank our founding sponsor, COSAC Chiropractic, located at 144th and Maple here in Omaha. Coaches, if you or any of your athletes are struggling with balance, neck, or spinal issues, give Dr. Kevin or Dr. Heidi a holler. Check out their practice, COSACchiro.com. Follow us on Twitter, at a pen and a napkin. We try to put out daily coaching tidbits on the Twitter handle. Got a few napkins out last week. Uh, Going to jump back into that as time has this week. Uh, we'll be down at the state tournament. Uh, we'll probably, i got to make a couple calls here, but we'll probably be at the Mellow Mushroom again across from Pinnacle Bank. Uh, if folks want to swing by and hang out with us, uh, we'll, we'll try to put some stuff out. Uh, but, uh, you know, check us out on Twitter. Uh, follow us there, add a pen and a napkin. Try to put out daily coaching tid- tidbits on the Twitter handle. Uh, follow us on iTunes. Like, subscribe, rate, review, give us five stars. Write a nice thing about us. Um, if you do that, when you do that, we move up in the rankings. When people look up coaching basketball podcasts, a pen and a napkin slides up there. And of course, you have any if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Coach Brown, are you are you coming off the high yet of the big overtime win? Yeah, it took took all of Saturday to to calm down here and you get the you know, I get humbled real quick because I get to be the basketball coach athletic director, so Won that game on Friday night and then rolled around and came out to our Centura hosted speech meet and watched some kids compete. So, you know, <laughs> found, found my groove right away. Uh, so my guess is, though, the laptop might have been open and you might have been watching a little bit of film on your, your state tournament <laughs> opponent. I'm, I'm just going I'm, I'm to I'm just going to guess on that. Yeah, we're scouring, and you know, huddle assist is a beautiful thing, especially <laughs> especially when you can't find those stats on max preps. That helps out a ton. So you're trying to get as much film in as you can, and you know, try to create a game plan so you can be successful this week. Okay, uh, where's your game at? What time? Who you got? We got GAC at six at the Bob on Thursday. So you know, they're tried and true, blue blooded program, um, and it's blue on their jerseys. So we're gonna gonna have to find a way to compete there. The so. fighting Jerry Strackies. So yes. Yes. Uh, Jerry's a great guy. I don't know if you know Jerry at all. Uh, he's a really down-to-earth guy. I think, uh, Jerry, I mean this in all uh, humor, I think they built GAC around Jerry. I think he just stood there, and I think they just built the building around him. I, I'm not for sure. Uh, but, uh, no, uh, it, it'll, be a, it'll be a great game. I don't know if I'm going to be at that game or I'll be at Pinnacle. Uh, but if 
we don't get around to it uh, during the course of the podcast. I wish you nothing but the best of luck here. Uh, really respect what you've done with your program. Um, we've played each other twice. I got you one time. You kicked the crap out of me one time. Uh, so, uh, you know, just just wish you nothing best and, and uh, you know, hope, hope great things happen for you and your kids. I appreciate that, Marty. Thank you. So, well, hey, uh, Lathian, let's get into it here. Um, let's talk a little bit about you. You've, you've uh, heard a few of these before, so uh, you know how this is going to start here. Uh, tell us a little bit about your, yourself, your basketball journey. Uh, how did you end up as the girls' basketball coach at Centura High School? Um, well, life was a little complicated growing up. A single mom, we moved all over. I, so I started in Kansas City, Missouri, and then I ended up moving to a small town on uh, the Cheyenne River Sioux Reservation in South Dakota, right next to North Dakota. Um, and oh, then wow. ended up back in Desler, Nebraska, where I graduated high school. Um, but got a big M- impact on what they call res ball in South Dakota. And I fell in love with basketball and youth, you know, second, third, fourth grade. And kind of just stuck with me forever and had a huge impact on me. So I went to Wayne State and got my degree there and started interviewing for jobs in the spring of 2019. And Centura had a head girls job opening and I applied for it on a Thursday, on a Thursday, went down, interviewed, and they called me Friday morning and offered the job. And the rest is history. So, wow. how uh, how did you get that job in such a short turnaround? What what do you think was the key to the interview there? I don't I don't know. I guess I had you know I'm a PE major, um, but my resume was a little bit different. I was an iHeart Scholar at Wayne and a good GPA and was in a bunch of honor societies, etc. And I'd also gotten my feet wet with several other coaching opportunities in college. You know, I knew that's what I wanted to do, so I pursued that. I worked for the WBDA. Um, there in Wayne, the Wayne Basketball Development Association, and coached youth basketball for a little while. And I was fortunate enough to be assistant coach for Emerson Hubbard when they were still just Emerson Hubbard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, had the resume and I applied. Maybe I was the only applicant. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they must have liked me and they were aggressive, you know, and they pulled the trigger. So I, I wasn't turning it down. Yeah. What, uh, you know, how important was it for you to have those? Uh, reps, so to speak. Uh, we talk about reps for players, but there's it's important to have reps as a coach and and to uh, to to be able to put stuff on your resume and Absolutely. and to uh, you know not not just stuff but legit like you know coaching is coaching and and sometimes the best coaching is done at the fourth fifth sixth grade level uh, and, and and that's where you really learn how to coach and how to explain to a kid who's never dribbled before how to dribble or how to shoot or different things like that. How, you know, you know, how, how was, how was that, you know, helpful for you as, as you were, you know, started to, I'm going to still call you a young coach. I don't care absolutely, uh, because I'm, as we say on here, I'm seasoned and experienced. I'm going to still call you a young coach, but when you're starting out as a coach and you're getting that different perspective as a coach, as opposed to being a player. I, I mean, I, I can remember typing up that first practice plan I ever made, and I still have it. it you know, I look back at it, and I kind of just cringe a little bit. But um, you're right. Reps are reps. And um, I was blessed with the sixth-grade B team, so that's where we're at. <laughs> and, you know, the biggest thing for me was I made tons of mistakes, and I learned a lot, met a lot of good people. The networking part was huge, too. Um, but it just kind of confirmed that that was the passion I wanted to follow. You know, mm-hmm. when you can when you can wake up on a Saturday morning as a 19 year old and get excited to go coach in Norfolk at a youth tournament, knowing that you're probably going to get whooped most of those games, but you're going to have a blast doing it is, you know, you, you found what you want to do for the rest of your life. And that's really confirming. So 
um, it was it was a blessing. And, and you're right, teaching at that grade level, it, it makes you a tremendously better coach because you got to get really creative to make it fun and engaging for those hour to 75 minutes to get those kids in the gym. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I know you've answered this question before, but for, for people that don't know, and I've I've seen this in action, the, the, the crushed velvet blazer. Uh, where did that come from? Uh, you're, you're sconched in velvet, uh, to quote George Costanza there. Um, yep. what, where did that come from? And, uh, you know, what's the, what's the superstition around it? Well, when I got the job here, um, I was pretty well affiliated with a, a nice family in Grand Island. They actually took me in and let me stay with them for the first First month when I got the job, you know, because first guy, first year teacher coming over here, I was running the weight room, coaching basketball, football, track. Um, had to be here in June for summer weights and camps, all that good stuff. So they let me shack up with them in, in that first month, and they knew that Centura was burgundy. So um, the, the mom of the family just happened to stumble upon this burgundy, and it actually comes with a blue rose stamped shirt that comes with it um she happened to find it she's like oh you gotta have this so she got it for me and i'm like i really don't know when i will ever wear this so truthfully told i had that sucker the first three years of my career here and then when i went it i never worn it it just sat in my closet in the plastic because i'm like i gotta have a moment to wear this and then uh that fourth year coaching we get to some big games we get to a conference title game we get to the state championship i'm like i guess now is the time to break it out. You know, it's do or die here. So yeah, broke her out. Ah, I would love to see it with the blue shirt combo. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's very seventies, and uh, <laughs> that might need to be at your social at the Mellow Mushroom or something. I don't know. <laughs> 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 on gym floor. Well, you walk in with that, and it would be like a record scratch from an eighties movie. Just, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yep. Uh, yes. That or somebody would have to feel the need to put on the Bee Gees or Peter Frampton or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So, you know. um, I, I hope you understood those two references again. I, I see- get a little bit. I, I, I'm fairly cultured. You know, okay. I, I am young, but I'm fairly cultured. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure. Right. I just want to make yes. sure. So, uh, you, you came in as a. Uh, as you said, as a PE teacher, uh, yep. but but uh, again, as a younger guy, you, you're 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 an administrator. As you said, you know, you said this mm-hmm. earlier. You were um, you're at the speech contest yesterday. Uh, so, you know how how did that all come about? How is that change in your job description changed? Maybe some of the ways that you look at your job as a coach. Um, you know the the first year I taught, obviously you're. You're just keeping your nose above water as much as you can. You know, I had weights class, junior IPE, health, adult living, all that. But I knew, you know, um, I wanted to make more money, and I, I wanted to continue in the realm of sports. So I got into my master's program immediately. I also figured I better do that before I start a family sure. and get all that going. Oh, well, it's very so smart. I, very smart. Yeah, I knocked, knocked that out in two years, and it just so happened at Centura they, they needed an athletic director, and, you know, um, I applied and interviewed and, and got it. And so I, I teach halftime and then AD halftime and then still coach two sports. So um, the AD role has provided me with, you know, the 
a lot more respect for officials. Um, it's provided me a, a different perspective on a lot of activities um, that I may have not been affiliated with, and I respect all of them. Um, it's also improved my coaching, I think, because it's you know I was hypercritical before myself, and now I can I, I can be even more critical of myself, and I get to see all of my amazing coaches in action and try to take things from them as well. So yeah, um, it's it's definitely been a blessing. Is it is it hard sometimes? Uh, I, I've asked this question to uh, coaches in your situation before, where yes. um, you know it's you know I'm the AD and I've got a you know you you, you kind of got to hold yourself to a little bit of a higher standard, I would think. You absolutely you do, um, and you know some of the hardest stuff at a small school is like. You know, on a on a Thursday game night, you want to be a little selfish, but you might need to help get the gym set up and get the chairs out and make sure the other basketball games can rock. You know, you just you get pulled in a lot of different directions. So it's made me pretty efficient with all the other things that I have to do to make my program successful. Right. You get pretty good at prioritizing your time. Um, but, yeah, you, you if you're going to be AD and you're going to be, you know, in charge of everybody else's program, then you better be holding yourself to the highest standard possibly in that room. Mm-hmm. So what's what's the the hardest thing about the combination of the two jobs just the time i would i would say you know i got a 18 month old son you know and the basketball season i'm fairly absent i have a phenomenal fiance that that holds down the fort for me and i couldn't do anything without her um but yeah the the time you know like last week we had we hosted sub districts which was a blessing um but you know as well as i do you get total vision as a coach you know and then we just so happened to have teacher conferences that week oh, and then yeah, we just, uh, yeah. Yeah. And we rolled that into our booster club basketball tournament on the weekend so that, that was a probably a legitimate 80 hour work week with friday off as a comp day so yeah. it was you know it's a lot but yeah. you either love it or you don't yeah uh i did that last week as well uh yes. sub sub game tuesday night conferences wednesday night and then sub district game on thursday night uh, that was yep. that was and i got sick uh, I, 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 you know, uh, our, our, our first playoff game, whatever you want to call it, um, against Takama, I was, I was out of it, man. And, and, uh, I told my, I told my, uh, principal, if, if it wasn't basketball today, I would be curled up in a ball. The, the coach's crash hit me a week early. Like we weren't done. Uh, but it just, it just hit like a ton of bricks. So, yeah. uh, so you, you'll be able to curl up in a ball here in about a week or so. So yep, you're dang right. I'm going <laughs> to take a personal day or two and just vegetate. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, last year, like I said, you defending state champs, heck of a run, um, first state championship in, in school history for girls basketball. And, and we'll talk about Kathy Menernick here in a little bit. Um, but you know, you made the, you know, my team made a good jump this year. We went from nine wins to, to 16 wins. Uh, but you guys made an even bigger jump. I can't remember. What was the exact numbers from blank wins to blank wins? We were 11 and 12 the year before to 26 and three. Okay. So massive jump, 15 wins. Uh, you know, other than having really good players and I think you had a, a nice role player transfer in, um, but you know, what were some things that you felt like? Uh, were key to it from program building uh, perspectives, uh, maturation of players. You know, so, you know, just what was what were some some key ingredients to that, uh, coach? To to make that massive and and that's really really hard to do. I mean, yeah. you, and you know that just as well as anybody else. But you know, what what led to that? 
You know, my first year there, obviously didn't know anything, learning the ropes. Um, the, the program was in, I guess I would, it was in a bad spot when I took over. You, we had 12 girls out. We won seven games, but what I could tell from the get-go with these girls was they were, they were pretty hungry. They wanted to win some ball games. Uh, the skill wasn't there yet. The culture wasn't there yet. Um, so we had won seven games, took a bunch of lumps, and you know we were competitive in quite a few of them, but kind of got whooped in some. And then that next year, we went nine and thirteen, but we were like I was talking to you earlier, we were two or three possessions away. Yeah. Um, and then that that third year, we were eleven and twelve, and you could see that we had the skill was there, um, the ability was there, the um, team chemistry wasn't quite there, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the, um, the the grit that I wanted to see in those tough moments at the end of the game wasn't quite there. We, we had lost a couple of those games. And, you know, I sat down, I do my individual player meetings, right? And we all try to find ourselves as coaches. And I know, you know, think about Pete Carroll and his quote about how he didn't find his perfect coaching style until his 50s, you know, all yep. those good things. Yep. And so I'm constantly looking for feedback. And I had one girl who had shoulder surgery actually before basketball even started and came out the whole season. She gave me feedback. She looked me right in the face and she, uh, I'll keep it PG 13, but she in a roundabout way told me I needed to be a little bit sterner in practice. So, um, you know, coaching girls was a new experience for me and I wasn't quite sure how to go about it. But then as soon as I heard that, the, <laughs> the standard just raised, the intensity raised and the girls answered it every single day in practice all summer long during workouts. Um, and, uh, that that in itself bred the culture, I think, a little bit, and the leadership showed up. And then from then on, it was like that summertime. You know, nobody cares about your summertime record, but sure. I, I think we got beat once. You know, we we played probably about twenty nine, thirty games, and got beat once by an out of central team at a Valentine camp. Uh, mm-hmm. when the girls just competed their tails off, and um, that rolled into the next season. Yeah. So. When when she said that to you, yes. Did you ask other kids about it after she said that to you? Yep. Yep. You know, cause she was, you know, she was a quieter girl. Um, wasn't, wouldn't be what I'd call a vocal leader. Sure. Um, love her to death for it. And then, you know, so I, I talked to my nucleus of, of girls that I knew, you know, could have that trickle down effect for me. And they agreed. And I told them, this is how I'm going to rock it. And I need you behind it. And they, they jumped on, on ship and we move forward. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's uh, a good bit of communication. It shows the trust that the, that the players had in you that, that, uh, they were willing to to say that to you, and and you were able to take it the right way in a constructive manner. Because that that doesn't happen all the time. No, 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 it doesn't. And, but you know as well as I do, I I, I believe this wholeheartedly. The best programs are player led, right? You yeah. know, the coach lays yeah. the foundation. But if if your top players aren't communicating the same things that you are, then you're in trouble. I so. I tell them all the time: the less I talk, the better off we are. Yep. You know, uh, if, if I'm having to circle the wagons and do this and that, you know, come up with different things, then we're, yeah, it's it's not going to be as good. You know, um, let me be there to help kind of steer and nudge and call out a play or this or that and, and those type of things. But if I'm having to talk a lot about culture or how hard we work or if I've got to call you on this or that and I'm the only one that's doing it, we're in trouble. We are, yep. we are in trouble. And, and, you know, I've, 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 I've had teams that have been like that. Uh, the teams that I've had in, in, at Fort Calhoun have been terrific. They've done a great job with handling those situations. I think we've, uh, every year our, our, our standard has gotten higher and, and, uh, you know, so the, the kids have really embraced that as well on, on our side of things. So, yeah, that's, you know, that's 
we have that preseason meeting with all the girls and the freshmen walk in and they come from junior high basketball where sometimes it's a little giggly and laughy and not that we don't have fun, but we, we make it known right away. And I, I tell them it's just in their handbook that we're not there to coach effort. That's a given. If you want to play in the program, you're going to give your best effort. We're going to try to make you a better basketball player, but we're not, that, that is not an expectation. We are not coaching effort. That is there when you roll that ball out for practice. So, um, and thankfully I've got some older girls that that's, that they know that and that's the expectation and it's there. So mm-hmm. coaches are absolutely loving are taking over a new program booklet. As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching. And during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, strip the house down to the studs. I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program, no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Lathian, you, uh, I got my glasses on. It's harder for me to read. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, got a little lazy on Sunday morning here. I didn't put in my contacts yet. So, uh, you're, you're heading down the state tournament again. You're, you're, again, you're, you're playing, uh, the fight in Jerry Strackey's, you know, uh, as blue blood as blue blood can be here in the state of Nebraska on, on Wednesday night. You said Wednesday, right? Uh, Thursday night. Thursday night. Sorry, I got my days confused already. So not even at the state tournament yet, and I'm already confused. Uh, So uh, obviously your first trip to the state tournament was as successful as it could be. You you won three games. You cut down the nets. You're a state champion. Uh, What did you learn from that experience? Is Is there anything that you're looking at this time around to maybe changing up a little bit uh, to do a little bit differently or you know what are the key components that you plan on keeping the same you know we're we're organized when we go we got the itinerary um i would like to go up there personally and be less stressed i mean i'm telling you what i couldn't even eat uh (laughs) eat breakfast in the morning for about (laughs) three days straight they tried to (laughs) throw it till breakfast couldn't do it um but you know, I would I would tell anybody that's maybe going into it for their first time to, to find a way to be present and just enjoy the moment and soak it in because it happens so flat fast. It's a blur. Um, you, you put your game plan in. You need to trust it. You need to trust your kids. But at the end of the day, I mean, you got to have some basketball God favor. That's just part of it. Yep. It's part of the dance. Um, and you just got to have that perspective. Enjoy it. And know that, you know, for a lot of people, a lot of kids that play the game, they don't ever step onto Vanny or PBA. They don't ever get that opportunity, and your kids have earned the right to be there. So so soak it in, win or lose, you know, and, and make that moment as, as special as it should be. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, sometimes, and and when I, you know, when I was your age, um, <laughs> uh, again, seasoned and experienced, Yes. Uh, but, you know, you can kind of take those situations for granted. I mean, you know, unfortunately for me, I've had some good teams that have not been able to get back down there. And now I'm getting on year, I don't know, 12, 13 or whatever, if not getting down at the state term, even though most of those years we've maxed out with the players that we've had. Uh, yep. It was it was probably something without a doubt that I took for granted as a, as a younger coach. And so I think it is so very, very important to – 
enjoy the experience to take it in because it is really really hard to do and uh and i think that that's really important that you emphasize to your players to your community uh that this is this is not normal this is abnormal to be at this level correct you know and you you obviously want your program like the end goal is the pursuit of winning right whatever you everybody's got some sort of verbiage or mission statement that ends in that but if if the only thing that you're going to attribute success success to as a coach is wins and losses you're gonna you're uh your your mental psyche is going to be wavy all the time so you know there's other things that you've got to put stock into and i think once you truthfully put stock into that the wins the losses shake out for themselves um but you're, you're dang right. It is, it is a feat to make it there. It is not common. Um, you know, some people have found ways to do it, you know, Nymeyer, however many times, right? Oh, uh, Strachey. Yeah. Stra- yeah. I think they built PBA around Strachey, too. You know, yeah. he's got two yeah, buildings that they built around him, you know? Correct, so. correct. <laughs> so, and then you get an opportunity to go play against one. I mean, as a coach, you know, and as an athlete, that's all you can ask for is, you know, win or lose, you're you're going to go compete against the best of the best, and that's what you're doing it for. Yeah. So, how how are you feeling? Three hundred and sixty-five. How's your physical, mental vibe today compared to three hundred and sixty-five days ago? You know, I I feel a little calmer, I suppose. Uh, maybe just because I had that experience going up there. You know, the the back end of it that you have to go through that you don't think about, right? All of the the travel planning and the food and the extra activities you got to have in the hotel, all that stuff came a lot easier. So that's, that's kind of off the plate. It's not so new. Um, so I, I feel a lot better about being able to dive into film watching and creating a game plan, knowing that I got all that ready to go. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the opponent going to be tough. Yeah. I know that very, very, very aware of that. So, you know, we're going to practice our tails off and, you know, pray to those basketball gods and try to do them right. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, you're in a community uh, that had a legendary coach for a long, long time. I, I forget mm-hmm. how long Kathy was there, uh, but it was, I, I think she might have been the first coach ever, you know, to, to coach there at Center or something along those lines. She, Yeah, she might have been the, the second if she wasn't the first. So yeah. she definitely, and she was there for over 30 years. Yeah, so. yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, Gina Johansson, who uh, I'm seasoned and experienced enough. I coached against Gina Johansson when I was at mm-hmm. Gothenburg for one year. So, yes. uh, so uh, th- there is a tradition. I-, I think Kathy made it to one championship game. Um, you would know better than I would. Uh, it was. It was definitely. She made it to more than one. She yeah. made it to the tournament a ton. Yep. Um, she happened to run into some some tough competition and. Uh, you know that those Sandy Creek squads sometimes they're in that state tournament too. Yeah. So, so when you uh, when you took over, um, how much would you did you did you get a chance to, to to chat with her at all? You know, just talk about the community, uh, what it takes to be successful there. Uh, what was that like? You know, in, in that regard, and 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 you know, how did how did that? You know, if if you did get a chance to talk to her, how did that per, perhaps help you out? Yeah, you know, I'll tell you what, I'm I'm thankful I'm the second guy after her, not the first, right? You know, because um, what she did was monumental and tremendous. And, you know, those, those foundation ripples are still there. Um, and the community, uh, girls basketball-wise, you know, it wasn't quite alive when I when I took over. But then as they started to see progress, all of a sudden you could see that light turn back on, yeah. right? Because that that was kind of the pinnacle of, of Centura. That, that girls basketball program is, you know, it was just known that you step on the floor with them and it's going to be a good ball game. Yep. Um, and they wanted that back and the girls were hungry about it. And 
however many of my girls, you know, I got a senior Kira Wooden on this on this team that was a student manager back in elementary school for Kathy. So mm-hmm. those impacts were, were felt. And I have had the opportunity to sit down and chat with her quite a few times, got her cell phone number. Um, phenomenal lady, um, ruled with an iron fist and demanded excellence. And it, it came through for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's people try to compare this that and the other it, it's it, like you said there's seasoned and veteran and there's different eras and what she did is unequivocally the biggest coaching achievement at Centera Public Schools yeah. you know to do it, to be as excellent as she was for 30 plus years is phenomenal yeah especially in a small community where yes it's it's yes. not a I mean, you know, you're you're in Omaha, you're in Lincoln, uh, just the way things run here. Um, let's just say uh, uh, fast and loose would be at times a, a way to describe it. Uh, yep. um, you know, and, and that's the way it is in, in, in a lot of, lot of large communities, Chicago, Denver, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, but to be consistently good in a small community, uh, that's coaching. Uh, yes. I, I, I don't. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, there's DNA involved. Uh, you hope the same families decide to stay in town and they don't <laughs> leave. I mean, I get that, uh, but there's a lot of coaching with that too. Yes, and you know, and she created and built relationships with kids. You know, because you don't get as good as Gina was without hours and hours in the gym, and that, those kids loved it. Now Gina's just, you know, an hour south, and actually her sister Jill lives here in Carroll, and her daughter's on my basketball team, but she's she's out with an ACL injury from volleyball. So those families are still around; those ripples are still there. Um, we got alumni in the building uh, that teaches Centura that played for Kathy. You know, so it's it's there. It's it. it her her coaching philosophy is you can still see ripples of it and um i'm just fortunate enough to benefit a little bit from it let's go uh rapid fire here lazy yes. uh you you listed four or five six people here uh that that you put down as influences i'm gonna i'm gonna pop out a name uh okay. and, and just tell us a little bit about who who this is and 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 what influence they had on your career career while we're while we're talking about influences while we're talking about kathy and so forth so uh dr kevin hill um he was my um physical education professor at wayne state college um and uh, when i went to wayne i went on an academic scholarship and i was going to be a chem major and then i sat through biology class at eight in the morning for my first semester and i thought i cannot imagine myself teaching this (laughs) um i felt the uh i felt the you know the the taboo of teaching pe right those who who can't teach teach pe and i you know i was really wary about that um and i went and met with him and he's a suit and tie kind of guy uber professional um had been very successful especially in his he's a softball pitching specialist and you know he kind of took me under his wing and and from the moment i met him i knew that was the right career choice for me and i can you know i'm forever thankful for that Mm -hmm. josh nash a high school basketball coach at dashler nebraska he instilled discipline and um created an experience for me um i wasn't the best hooper on the team by any means and i had to work my tail off to get it and fought for everything i i got and he just you know, continued to evolve that love for the game for me. So mm-hmm. um, it, was, it was awesome. Yeah. I uh, hope I say this right. Robin Keelig? Uh, coach Keelig right Keilig. there. Um, she would have been uh, – she was my assistant coach when I came to Centura for the first first three years. She actually passed away there um, oh, the I'm year so we sorry. won the state championship of cancer. But uh, basically a second mom took me in under her wing. I lived in Ravenna for a little bit of time where she lived, and we went through COVID together, sat over at her house watching Jeopardy and eating supper all the time. So if it wasn't for Coach Kylig and her 
calm perspective, keeping the young hot head cool sometimes in the coaching world, I probably wouldn't be where I am now. So they're forever thankful for. Yeah. Uh, Jake Kindersher. He is my great grandfather. Um, and probably the reason I got interested in coaching, cause he was a farmer in guide rock, Nebraska, um, South by the down there by Kansas in the red cloud area, Webster County. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he coached hoops way back when the, when they all wore the uniform, he wore the shirt and tie, and they were black and white photos. So, <laughs> I, you know, he that, that rolled off. He coached basketball and girls softball down there, and um, so I kind of wanted to be like Grandpa, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Uh, Doug Voik. Um, he's another teacher at Centura. He's uh, he's retired from teaching and then came back to teaching. Teaches shop and coaches all the junior high sports. He's in his seventies and he's he's in the weight room every morning at six o'clock. He <laughs> he's active and he's always questioning he's the guy that sits on top of the weight deck and watches my practice in the morning and then always has three or four really good questions for me and keeps me on my toes yeah good good to have that in your in your repertoire of people around yes yes and uh last but certainly not least scott koronek uh kojanek he's my he's got that that check name that poor guy every time an announcer announces it they even if they ask beforehand that it gets butchered (laughs) so he's used to it uh He's a legend himself. He coached with Kathy for 20-ish years. Um, he's been a Centura, Centura as long as I've been alive. And, uh, you know, he he took me in. I, he probably wanted that job um, when it was open, and they hired the, the snot-nosed 20-something um, to take the job. And he's been nothing but a phenomenal assistant and a great friend um, for the last five years. And he's added some perspective and all of those good things. So team wouldn't be what it is without him either. Yep. A pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach. Our university video library is constantly expanding with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to 25 universal truths about coaching. Our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. Videos are $10 a piece with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter. Send me an email at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com or order from our website, a pen and a napkin.com. Be sure to check out the a pen and a napkin video library. Well, Latheon, at, at this point, we're going to jump in here. You know where we're going. We're going with the wooden quote of the day here uh, from Wooden, a lifetime of observations. Are you ready, sir, for the John Wooden quote of the day? Yes. All right. Page eighty nine. Again, I'm, I got my glasses on, so it's it's harder for me to read. So, but uh, here's right. <laughs> again, this is what happens when you get seasoned and experienced. Hey, I got so. my specs on too. If I didn't have them, I couldn't see anything. So, <laughs> so you're paying. All right. Well, that doesn't make me feel so bad because I, I I know I've got you by a year or two here. So yeah, just a couple. <laughs> oh, ow, ow. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. I'll see if we'll let you in that mellow mushroom with that Barry Gibb outfit there. So, Dang it. <laughs> the, the John Wooden quote of the day is from page 89 of Wooden, a lifetime of observations. The recognition, the, let me start that over. The recognition I received at UCLA was fine, but mainly I was happy for the teams and the youngsters on those teams. The recognition I received was not all that important. Recognition appeals to the ego, but it is a secondary consideration and is often counterproductive. What do you got for me, boss? You know, um, 
actions speak louder than words, right? If you, uh, if, if you're somebody that feels you got to walk into a room and tell people about yourself and how successful you've been, then you're probably not doing it right. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's it. That's coaching. It's servant leadership, right? You mm-hmm. know, I'm, I'm a faith-based individual. Um, grew up in the church that it, it's, you know, you do it so that those kids get the recognition. I'm, you know, I kind of like the Harbaugh, uh, interview thought process. They put that microphone in front of his face at the end of a game and he tries to find the next, the closest kid to put in front of it. So, yeah. um, you know, that's, that, that's what you're doing it for. It's, yeah. it's not for yourself. It's for the kids. And that's, that's what makes you feel good on the inside. And that's where it's gratifying. But mm-hmm. You're not, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You shouldn't have to tell people how awesome you are. So no, no, agreed. You know, uh, uh, I've been fortunate to have people, you know, reach out and, you know, hey, great season, blah blah blah. I'm like, hey, kids did a great job. They worked really hard. They they made all the shots, got all the rebounds, that type of thing. You know, just you, I just tried to nudge them in the right direction a little bit. I appreciate it, but the kids were the ones that went out there and made the plays. And yep. uh, I I think that's just something that we need to remember as coaches. That uh, as my old my 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 very my best friend John would say a pat on the back is three feet away from a kick in the butt, and Chris. and uh, you know it's 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 a big part of it. And anytime you start reading your own press clippings or anything like that, um, you know it's it's about the kids and it's about their recognition and it's about their it's about their journey and and trying to guide them on the best journey that you can. I, I think that's what it's all about. Yes, without a doubt, you know, and to be quite frank with you, there's not enough time in, in the day if you're coaching to read your own press clippings. You better be yeah. working on the next practice plan or finding the next little niche to put in or uh, watching some film. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Well, speaking of watching some film here, let's dive into your uh, basketball philosophy. Let's get basketball nerdy here, Latheon. Yes. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk about, you know, some half-court defense here with you, your kids play really hard nose, really physical uh, half court defense. Played some man to man. You played some zone a couple of years ago. You threw an uh, inverted triangle and in two at my group. I still remember that. Yep. Um, yep. And uh, you know, we were fortunate enough to figure it out just enough. Uh, yes. But uh, you know, uh, just tell us a little bit about that. You know, um, what you what you like to do, where your base is at, what drills you you like to run to implement it um you know like i tell everybody uh at a point where i want to interrupt you and maybe follow up with something i'll try to do so as politely as i can but uh, go ahead and cook my friend and tell us a little bit about how you guys do things defensively there at centura well you know uh i think one of the biggest attributes you can have as a basketball coach is understanding your jimmies and joes and your clientele um Mm -hmm. and so i was man-to-man my whole life um when i first started coaching youth basketball etc i taught man-to-man and i I still believe in that you need to teach the man-to-man principles and they need to understand thoroughly uh because i don't think you can play a good zone defense if you don't understand man-to-man defense because all those principles still carry over and i was a pack man-to-man which translates really well to to zone defense Mm -hmm. um and so my first couple of years, we played a ton of man-to-man. And not that I didn't have good athletes, but I, I started to figure out that I felt I could gain an advantage defensively doing some things a little bit differently. So I started to dive into to zone defense, and I've found a way to teach it. You know, we, we, 
we do it, break it down just like you would man to man. You know, if I'm working on two, three, we do a three on two wing rotation drill. It's pretty simple. Talk about the, the little nuances of it and the modifications we can make in game. And we do our shell drill for a little bit. Um, I've kind of started to steer away from, from shell, to be honest with you. Um, uh-huh. We use it to teach the baseline, but I don't like spending a whole lot of time in it. I like to play a lot of live defense and practice when I can get it. Yep. Um, and so, you know, as I found out, I've been blessed with pretty smart girls. And, you know, if they can figure out the 2-3 zone, right, um, yep. then all of a sudden we can quickly translate to the 1-3-1 one, one zone. And uh, once we got that figured out, you know, we can also run on one two two. Um, and I've been blessed with girls with the last name Davis that happen to be <laughs> six foot one stretch force. <laughs> um, so, you know, that inverted triangle on two, I'm fortunate enough to be able to run at times or have ran at times because I got a girl that can block about 70% of the shots that come down there uh-huh. um, and rebound them herself. Uh, not everybody has that, and I'm aware of that. But um, I've, I've truthfully found out that if you teach zone the right way, you know, once you've figured out one, I feel like you can run others. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has allowed me to adjust a lot in game and you know if if i'm starting in a two two one press back to a two three zone and you know you starting to figure it out and i can feel that that ebb in the game coming from your squad and now all of a sudden i changed to an extended 13 and it takes you four possessions to figure it out well maybe i can put a run together there yeah. um and, and my girls have really bought into that they like it they think it's exciting um and so you know i, I the the zone just allows me to give you just a few more different looks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long did it take for you to, uh, and you kind of answered this, but uh, how long did it take for you to figure out that I, I can't have one, uh, I can't have one defense. We, we've got to be multiple to a degree. Now we hang our hat on blank, but at some point I'm going to run into somebody that's going to figure out our number one and there's got to be a number two or number three there. You know, that first year I was pretty stubborn. We played a lot of man. Uh, we didn't have the athletes to do it. They, they battled their tails off. And I think that that's laid the foundation of grit that we were looking for. Um, but what we started to struggle with is we never had a, a bona fide five-man, you know, an athletic five-man that could shut, shut somebody else's five-man down. And, you know, in girls' basketball, somebody's got a prolific post player, it's hard to stop. Yep. Um, and, you know, Ravenna was was the, the heel in our you know, in our game and trying to figure a way out to beat them some way, shape, or form. They had multiple post players and good three-point shooters. And, you know, I guess that kind of spurred me into the the zone thought process. And uh, truthfully, it simplifies the game, right? Because, you know, I don't care what you tell me. Most coaches don't have five set plays against a 2-3 zone or they don't have, you know, a three set plays against the 1-3-1 either. They're going to do one of a few different things. And I need to teach my girls how to defend those things really, really well. Um, if I can, so it simplifies the end of the floor form at times. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I don't have to spend 25 minutes of practice prep walking through, you know, so and so's 13 set actions that, that Marty's got down there at Fort Calhoun that could whoop me up, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah what do you say, 13? Yeah, uh, take about more. 11 or 12 away from that number. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, what uh, you had mentioned, you uh, a little two three zone drill, uh, two against three. What what's some what's some drill? You know, two or three of your favorite drills. If you could go into a little bit more detail, yeah, uh, uh, that that you guys do. I don't get real cutesy pootsy with it, but you know, I just you break down that defense just like you break down man to man, right? So if I'm a Chiefs pack man, we're going to talk about gap alignment. You know, where to be when the ball's wherever it's at. All of those things you can do your one on one drills, your two on two drills. And we still do a lot of those things because you still need those in the zone defense. You know, really work on closing out a lot. Um, you know, how to guard girls with certain skill sets. But the three on two is just really simple. It's it's basically a shell. You do it for three minutes. Um, 
you got your point and your wings filled. You got the ball starting at the point. You got your two defenders there, and you put in a, a coach at high post or just a manager at high post or whatever, and you just teach them to rotate and get to all three spots, and you demand that they're talking everywhere they're at and they're sprinting to position, um, do it for 20 seconds, rotate it in and out. And mm-hmm. so you get those those live reps in, and then you do the same thing with the forwards. I do a three-on-two forward on-off rotation. Um, we also drill the forward, close out to the wing, you know, slamming down to the short corner dunker taking those things away um so just everything that you're going to see in the live game we wrap it in practice that way you know mm-hmm. in, a, in a shell shell setting so one one uh you talked about closeouts what are some other things or what might be another closeout drill because i think you know we try to close out every day whether yep. it's one-on-one uh, we do, you know, some people call it Hurley drill, the three on three or four on four, one more. Uh, but, yep. but, you know, we're, we're trying to spend five to 10 minutes every day in some way, shape or form. And so, like I said, sometimes it's a group live thing. Sometimes it's one-on-one. It can be a lot of different ways, but, you know, teaching closeouts, what are some ways you, you, you teach closeouts and, and how do you implement that? What's a, what's a favorite drill or two that you have to, to teach closeouts? Yeah, I, I got a couple. And again, first I'll preface it with, you know, it's it's not what you do, it's how you do it, right? Because mm-hmm. um, closeout drill is going to be a closeout drill. We have one we call Kobe closeouts where you put a couple minutes on the clock. You got um, four girls on the baseline. They all got a ball. You got four girls on the perimeter in those different spots. Roll the ball out, close out. They have to um, work the ball handler until the whistle. They grab the ball, sprint back to the baseline, roll it out, close out again. You know, mm-hmm. you, you do that just to work on those base fundamentals and try to teach a little bit. Um, one of my favorite uh, closeout drills that's a little bit more live basketball, um, especially since I run a full court system, is it's and it also develops a lot of toughness. I have one called Man in the Hole. Mm-hmm. So you you split your floor in the four lanes from free throw lane to sideline, um, yeah. and you put them in the groups of four. And one girl has to guard all three other girls um, for that length of the floor. And they you know they start with a closeout and then they zigzag with them try to dig the ball out steal it and then when they get to that midcourt line they have to roll the ball all the way back sprint to another closeout guard it all the way through mm-hmm. um and it, it just i mean playing defense for that long it, you, you start to get tired and that's when the fundamentals break down and we got to try to get through that so gotcha i like that one yeah uh, it's pretty fun it's yeah, a good one i gotta i'm not gonna write it down now but i'm putting it down on my sheet here and when i re-listen to this i'm gonna definitely write that i'm stealing that one i'm telling you that all right. right now so um, coaches, you know just as well as I do that we're always looking for new and different ways to motivate our players and programs. But sometimes it's hard to find that perfect source that we're looking for. Over the past 25 years, I've collected hundreds of handouts to help motivate my players and programs. And now I'd like to share some of my favorites with you. The A Pen and a Napkin 101 Best Handouts Booklet is now available for you, to you for only $15. In this booklet, you'll find motivational material for all types of situations and individuals to help you communicate your values to your players and program. For ordering information, you can either DM me on Twitter or email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com for details. Let's talk a little bit about your your practice setup and what you yep. guys do there at Centura, how you put things together. Uh, you know, tell us, yeah, just tell us a little bit about your, your practice and, and how you guys do things. Um, well, I'm kind of a computer nerd because, like, like you said, you're you're seasoned vet, and I'm a young, wiry whippersnapper. So I, <laughs> I have a pretty extensive Google Sheet system. So um, I have a Google Sheet built that has pie charts and bar graphs built into it that shows me where hey, I spend hey, every minute of my time. Just a second. So, what's yes. what's what's Google? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, 
<laughs> I'm not that seasoned and experienced. I so. I know. No, I know. I'm just yeah, messing with you. So go, go ahead. Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, so I use my I use my Google Sheet system, and I have a drill bank, and that makes practice planning really efficient because I can, you know, I'll duplicate a practice, slide it over, delete the stuff I don't want, um, try to build on those things, and then it's just a matter of me selecting the drills I want and typing my notes in there. Um, we were efficient. I found uh, I know there's some coaches that need, they don't believe in running the clock of practice, or some do, you know, whatever side of the fence you are on that. But I try to keep it at a 90 minute mark. You know, those first. That first week install, we might get the two hours, um, but I try to keep things moving. Uh, I found it to be um, I get, get a lot more focus out, you know, when there's when there's an end goal and end time being organized. So everything we do in practice is on the clock. It's timed. It's scored um, some way, shape, or form the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, how you know what's kind of a typical uh, structure to it? Uh, you know, I, I, what's your what's your kind of warm up? Where you doing a lot of your your defensive stuff mm-hmm. are you are you wrapping up with some shooting or some scrimmaging or you know how do you how do you how's a typical one look like and i know no practice is ever the same so yeah you know it probably shifts a little bit more as we get you know through the year um i i found we do a basketball-based warm-up so the girls do a full court warm-up um and they have a pre-warm-up routine so every time they come in the gym they know it by heart now but they do they do all their leg wraps they do their ball handling they do their form shooting they shoot free throws they shoot their their set shots from their respective spots uh, or do their post moves um and they're expected to get in the gym by around 345 so that gives them about 15 minutes um if they do the pre-warm-up correctly they should have 100 made shots um by the time we get to that four o'clock buzzer um and then they go right into their full court basketball-based warm-ups so they do closeouts they do their defensive footwork they do jump stops without the ball which they think is corny but we drive that one home. Yeah. <laughs> they have to pivot and do all that. Play um, off two feet. Jay Wright. Yep. Yep. yep all day long. Yep. Um, they get through that and then we jump into it. And I like to start with something fast and quick. I like to get them, get them going right away. So we typically start at the end of the season. We're starting with the situational, right? So I'm getting two groups. I'm like, okay, here's the situation. There's 12 seconds on the clock and the baseline, both teams in the bonus. We do something like that. Um, towards the end of the year, we'd like to start with something like get some thinking right away. Earlier in the year, we're going to start with something transition focused. Whether you know that first week's probably going to be a five on zero transition or a, a build up transition where you know you go five on one, five on two, five on three, or full court three on two, two on one, or eleven man drill, something like that, just to get the get the juices flowing. Mm-hmm. So we start with that, um, and then I guess it just depends on the focus. I'll tell you what, though, Marty, we spend probably thirty to. 40 minutes of practice every practice shooting a lot yeah. of that's three-point shooting yeah. um i tell the girls we uh love layups we uh like three-pointers and we need free throws so that that would tell you how my my structure is there and then i do i think we do a great job of implementing contested finishing drills live finishing drills we spend almost zero minutes um other than you know in the junior high program and early season working on on air layup type things scenarios we believe strongly in finishing against contest so um do a lot of that and we focus on that a lot and then you know from then on it's you know off of offensive implementation into your defensive shell into your live defense into live basketball Mm -hmm. so yeah uh how much of that changes are are you a guy and, and everybody's got their own philosophy like scott de young at ankeny centennial he's like we're going full contact uh from day one till the day we're over with some people pull back contact some people go no contact the last couple three weeks of the season uh mm-hmm. you know as you get ready for for thursday uh how much contact are you going to have this week going into the state tournament you know that's definitely in your mind um you're 
I think it's less for me about contact and more about minutes in the gym, right? I know that I have a finite amount of focus and there's yep. all this noise around. So, uh, you know, I try to do the girls justice and be as efficient with it as I can. We're going to do a lot of shooting, right? You got to keep shooting the ball. Yep. Um, we, we'll do a little limited contact finishing and then we'll do our what we need to do in the half court um, and, and full court at a, a minimum basis. You know, you, you just you don't want to be that guy that turns an ankle on Tuesday of the state tournament yeah. week. You, know, you don't want to. So, yeah, yeah. yeah it definitely changes a lot at, at this point in time. Mm -hmm. Early in the year, um, I've started to I use a lot of three on three to treat, teach my dribble drive offense. Um you know, so we, we do play some five-on-five five there. But at the start of the year, it's a lot of one-on-one, two-on-two, read-and-react, three-on-three basketball. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's talk about your assistant coaches here. Um, yes. You know, what do you have them do? Uh, how do you delegate your authority? I think that's a hard thing, especially for young coaches now. Again, seasoned and experienced. I, yes. I, I think I delegated more this season than I ever did uh than i ever have in my 17 years as a head coach so uh you know just tell us a, a little bit about some of the things that you have your assistant coaches do and and how you keep your coaching staff organized and their responsibilities well if you can't delegate something then you're not going to be able to have an efficient practice right because yeah. again i come to that i think if you're pushing it over two hours you're you're probably doing too much um or you're not you're not being efficient enough you know so when we break up and we have a 10 minute period of guard shooting right then uh, scott kojanek my assistant's down on the other end we got a routine that we work on either dribble drive post rotation and finishing um or they work on zone post work right and they spend their time doing that because my five man that doesn't shoot threes probably doesn't need to be doing my dribble drive motion through my shooting so mm -hmm. try to be efficient with that um they're also extremely helpful in getting the gym prepped um again we're servant leaders so we you know coach k and myself we're, we're sweeping the floor we're rolling up mats that need to be rolled up we're getting the chairs out whatever equipment we need um and then coach luby's phenomenal um doesn't always help as much with you know in in live drills but you know running that ipad on the scoreboard and knowing how to keep score for everything that i want him to keep score for is no easy task um but that part of practice is huge, right? Because mm -hmm. that's helped to build that competitiveness in the girls, right? Mm -hmm. They know where their benchmarks are, and we're constantly looking to try to beat those things. So. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's so important to uh, have that delegation, but also uh, just you know finding their strengths, matching what you need done with mm -hmm. those individuals' strengths. If if you are saying, "Hey, I need you to coach the post players." But yes. they have no experience with coaching post kids. Uh, that's trying to put a, a square peg into a round hole. Uh, Correct. And and so that's that's stuff that you that it seems obvious, but it's it's also so very important. And then they feel comfortable about what they're doing as well. And yeah, and in that same vein, you know, if you're not delegating, if you're not finding those roles for your assistants, then they're going to feel lost. Right. I mean, they want to have purpose, too, just like everybody else. And if if all you're having them do is stand on the sideline during practice and watch, then, then what's the point? You know, so you've got to find ways to get them engaged and for them to express their expertise to to the girls. So and thankfully, Scott's a, a post guy. And he's helped me a ton with that. And I'm more of a guard focus. So those splits have been easy, you know, and then and Coach Luby is just kind of that. She's that that sounding board that that some of those girls really need. Um, mm -hmm. You know, her her role is extremely important yeah. um, every single day. Well, so. and especially again, you are a male who is younger, yes. and there is a. I firmly believe that you need to have that uh, 
that female presence when you are coaching uh, as a as a male, even at, at my seasoned and experienced state, uh, so that they can help talk to talk to the young women about uh, things that are going on in their life, or to have, in my case, uh, you know, my my assist my female assistant is is uh, a grandma, and uh, yep. and uh, you know she. Uh, she has that that kind of perspective of she has raised children. She knows what it's like to have teenagers, and and uh, she does a terrific job with that. And I'm sure I'm, I'm guessing that's the same way that. And that's not the only thing that she does. It's part of yes. her job, but she does a great job with everything else that she does. But I think that's important to have in in, in our situation as well. Without a doubt, um, that it's a must have. It's not even an option. So mm-hmm. that, and I'm un, unfortunately, Coach Luby's moving up to to Waverly this next year. So we're going to be looking for a new one to to fill in that position. So hopefully we can we can find it. The girls are heartbroken about it. So are we. Um, yep. But such is life, right? Yep. So. Yep. Um, let's wrap up with this, Lathion. Let's let's talk about your program. Uh, you know, you've got the the sconched in velvet burgundy. Uh, sports blazer there what are some other unique things about your program what are some uh, uh some some interesting things that the centurions do uh that that makes their program unique um the word grit i suppose we wear these ugly i bought these ugly practice jerseys you know i wasn't a big guy and making them wear uniforms but it started to figure out that was the way to be so we bought everybody's got the same one we wear it every day we wash them every day um, they're, they're so ugly. They're V-necks, right? We wear them <laughs> summertime stuff, reversible. But on the back, it's just got four those four letters slapped on it. It says grit. And you know, at, at first it was corny. And as a young coach, I didn't know if, if kids would, would buy into it as much. But um, these girls really have taken a hold of it and made it their own. Um, and I, I do think seeing that every day and talking about it every day and playing with that is something unique to to the Lady Centurions. Um, we, have some, we have some superstitions. We do a dirty work player of the game. Um, after every game, we sit down as a coaching staff before we go in the locker room. We talk about it. So, you know, we're looking for that kid that just, you know, they, they were on the floor the most. They rebounded hard. Maybe they bloodied up their lip. They, they gave their, you know, every ounce of effort. And for the last three years, we've had a, we got a sledgehammer we take with us. Um, they actually didn't let us bring it in the PBA last year, which is kind <laughs> of So we have to try to sneak it in. Um, and so those girls after the game, if you're nominated for the dirty work play of the game, you sign that sledgehammer and, you know, it's it's just become a become a thing we do. So mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty sweet, and the girls buy into it. And we also have to do our team handshake before the game. That's that's probably more my superstition than anything. But after the starters are announced, or right before tip, I got to shake hands all the way from the start of the bench to the end. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just I don't know what it is, but got to do it. So no, I we we all have our little uh, our, our little ticks, if you will. Yes. I, I have to. Uh, come out of the locker room, and I just want to give my last uh, positive emotional deposit to every player before the game. So I stand by the by the uh, as they're going through their layup lines, and just hey, let's have a great one tonight. Play hard. Hey, great energy tonight. Let's get after it. Let's have some fun. Let's play with joy. You know, wh- whatever those things may be. Um, yep. I'm, I'm, you know, just trying to do that, and then I, I got to go over and, and give all three officials a little fist bump. Hey, have a great one. Uh, doesn't mean we agree on everything <laughs> over the next yep. 32 minutes, but uh, but uh, you know, I I, I want to try and and to the best of my ability uh, re- respect that, and uh, you know, so I, I think that's uh, yeah, we, we we all have our things, Lathan. Man, we're 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 good. So. Uh, 
I, I think that's good. I like that grit. Uh, I'm going to put a little personal recommendation out there yes. for you. Uh, uh, there's a book called Grit written yes. by uh, a gal that I actually went to high school with, Sindra uh, okay. Kampoff is her name. I don't know if you've heard of that book or not. Uh, I have not. I'll uh, dive into that. Okay, so uh, let's see here. Uh, there it is. Beyond Grit is the name of it uh, by Sindra Kampoff. Uh, she married a guy named Danny Kampoff, who I used to work at the Pizza Ranch with back in the day. Uh, it's a really, really good book. I think you'll like it. So if you're a grit guy, take a look at that one. I'm going to throw that out. Sindra, if you ever listen to this, I expect residuals and royalties uh, so that I can retire a year or two early from it. So, but uh, uh, No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. But no, it is a good book. It is a really, really good book. So. Uh, Latheon Brown, head girls basketball coach at uh, Centura High School. Uh, Latheon, really appreciate getting to know you here the last couple of years through our holiday tournament setup and everything. Uh, if, if folks want to know more about you, about your program, how can they find out about it? Um, you know, I'm on, on Twitter or X, I suppose, at, at Centura Brown. Um, we have a, a Facebook page, Centura Girls Basketball, and I also have a summer travel program called the Loop Basin River Rats, um, trying to continue to elevate the game for as many kids as we possibly can. And then there's always that school email if you need to reach me. <laughs> I'm checking that quite frequently. So, yeah. um, But I'm always looking to, to talk hoops with people or, you know, try to find kids and afford kids those opportunities to continue to play ball. So, you know, we're always always thinking basketball here. Yeah. So Great stuff. Great stuff. Yes. Uh, appreciate you coming on here. I know it's a crazy busy time for you. I know you got a lot going on here. Uh, again, I wish you the best of luck uh this this weekend uh and and i and i hope you enjoyed being on the pod i did thank you marty for the opportunity i appreciate it ton yeah um Latheon brown head girls basketball coach at centura high school if you can hold the line a second here coach while we wrap everything up uh it's it's gonna be a crazy week here at a pen and a napkin gonna be down at the state tournament like i said i gotta call mike at the mellow mushroom and get that all set up that's a that's a thing on the list for this afternoon uh, along with getting our taxes ready and see this is i wish i was you I, I could i could avoid having to get our help get our taxes ready with my wife and, and things like that that's what i wish i was doing but uh, yes. you know it is what it is so uh but uh no we're, we're gonna be busy uh, I'll, I'll try to put something out there but uh, we'll probably be at the mellow mushroom right across from pba a couple of times this week uh if you, if you want to stop by say hello feel free to do so uh it, it will we'll have some people on and uh yeah that's another thing i got to do today as well i gotta figure out if we're gonna do this who, who we're gonna have on so uh but but feel free to stop by i'll, I'll be around uh wednesday thursday friday i'll be with my son carter uh, who's coming back that you know he's up at South Dakota State but this is kind of our tradition so uh, you know your little guy's 18 months my one of my little guys is 21 and a half here and, and, and this this is a, a, always a, a special week to just spend two or three days just watching hoops with him so uh, so you know if, if you see me around just say hello uh, appreciate everything that everybody has done and and the support of, of the podcast and uh, look forward to talking to folks down at the state tournament uh again uh, cosac chiropractic dr kevin dr heidi give them a holler uh questions comments suggestions ideas email me a pen and a napkin at gmail.com like i said five star review uh help us out here and uh you know give us a five star review say good things about us every time you do that that helps us out and if if you got nothing better to do be it be at the devaney center is it devaney or pba devaney we're playing at bob yeah playing at the yep. bob 
I don't know if I'm going to be there yet because I got to see what my radio and, and media obligations are. But uh, go out and cheer on Coach Brown and, and his Centurions uh, as, as they try to win back-to-back state championships here. So, coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day. <laughs>